For example, there is different social rules. The dance is always representing what you what you represent in the society or in the social position in the in the event. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories, secrets and tips with you. This episode is brought to you by My Inner Dancer, a lifestyle and fashion brand inspired by ballet dance, created by ballet dancer for ballet dancers. Check their awesome stuff and current sales at myinnerdancer.com. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Ballet Dance Live podcast. And today I'm joined by Sumaya Mahosa, who was born and raised as a Moroccan woman in Belgium. Her parents moved to Europe in 70s, but she spent every summer with her extended family in Morocco. Her experience with Moroccan music and rock sharky started very young when she begged her mother to take her to Moroccan weddings. From the beginning, her community titled her as a dancer. Then she was 13, Sumaya played tabla and drums and performed at shows, weddings and events. She became a member of El Hosna, a Moroccan girl band, and for 15 years played with the band at Arabic events in Belgium, France, Germany and the Netherlands. In this interview we touched some very unique uh, uh, topics that are not really discussed that often specifically such as being a native Moroccan dancer and her experience within ballet dance community and ballet dance festivals. Let's acknowledge that it's not very often uh, to be able to hear the perspective of native dancer looking within a ballet dance world just as a participant of uh, some events. Also, Sumaya pointed out some very important to know mistakes that usually ballet dancers do regarding Moroccan dance and specifically regarding Sheikhat. So make sure you listen carefully because those mistakes can be very much described as a vulgar within a Moroccan uh, community. So make sure that you listen and don't repeat those mistakes again in the future. And this interview in general will make definitely love your heart at some points because she shared some awesome, adorable stories. But at certain points, I feel it will definitely make you think deeply and will even bring some sad realizations about what's going on. Because very often we take dance as something granted. It's like not a big deal. But it's not the case for everyone and uh, you will understand what I'm talking about uh, while listening to this interview but I just truly believe that we need more people like like this who are brave enough to come out and uh, just share their true thoughts 
true experiences and true love to dance despite of everything and if you felt touched by this conversation if you felt that you can relate or you felt that it changed your appreciation to dance at any point of this interview i highly encourage you just take a second and send some positive vibes or messages reflecting your thoughts to our guest Sumaya because it's it don't take it for granted because it means really a lot for all of us to feel supported and appreciated by community and feel that there is many more things that we can relate and unite within our little dance tribe rather than feel uh, competitive or separate as individual uh, dancers so now without me further talking i will let you listen to the actual interview and uh, get a lot of inspiration from it but before we dive in i just want to say quick thanks to Dance evolution for supporting our podcast i feel that Dance evolution directed by jelina is one of those companies that definitely will leave a mark in the history of Dance because of their significant contribution to the development of this art form don't miss their performance of phantasm 2001 nights in sydney on march 9th also don't forget that bde is starting a new program to push dancers to their next level called jelina's bde experience the debut intensive is this march in los angeles you can apply by january 27 for consideration and more information about both performance and this program you can find at their website baladanceevolution.com hello guys welcome to baladance live podcast this is a a new episode already in a new year 2019 and i'm very happy to welcome uh, sumaya on our podcast and uh, i'm very excited about exploring uh, uh, new geographical styles of uh, belly dance and Middle Eastern North African culture that I don't think we featured yet on our podcast. So welcome to, to the show, Sumaya. Thanks for taking your time. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> to start our conversation, I know that you were raised in Belgium, but in Moroccan family. So uh I kind of don't feel asking my regular question when you attended your first Baladins class, but can you tell us oh, what role dance played in uh, your childhood and how early it entered your life? So dance, it's a part of uh, everyday life. It's like we're born like that. Um, it's a very good question because... Um, I think it's something very different, uh, maybe with Belgium culture, for example, which I, where I grew up, it's dance is life. <laughs> so uh, we always listen to the music or dance or sing, or even when we work at home and we do homework, like uh, housework, we play music with the, the plates and things like that. Um, when you have people coming, women, like, for example, cooking at house, everybody starts to sing and play music. It's, it's, it's normal. It's like everyday life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and since I'm very little, I remember when I was five, uh, they always called me Shittaha, my community. So uh, also it's very important to understand the context in Belgium. 
is uh, in Brussels when I, I was born and grew up, uh, we are the Moroccan population represent more than 30% of the population in Brussels, 30. So which is mean is a very huge number. So my neighborhood was mostly Moroccan people and side to my neighborhood, we have Turkish people. So at school, we were only Moroccan and Turkish. It's like ghetto, you know? So we speak Moroccan, we eat Moroccan, we, and we are on contact with our neighborhood. They are Turkish, like my, uh, like in the other, but it's like we, so that's funny thing because Turkish people, they were speaking only Turkish. Even at school, they speak Turkish, but Moroccan not. We speak French at school, but Moroccan at home or with our friend's parents. But so since I'm very little, we go to wedding. Uh, we always did wedding like in Morocco, like every, everything the same, we keep the tradition. And uh, they called me Shtaha. And they always ask me, oh, dance, dance, dance. I was the one that I was always push, uh, pu push uh, in the middle to dance. So that was my nickname since I'm very little. So it's not like something new. It surprised nobody today of around me, my friends or my family, sister, cousin, that I dance. Mm. It's like I am a dancer. I always have been a dancer and I grew up as a dancer in my community. And when I become a, a teenager, this is where like uh, I start to go wedding and we have a different part in a Moroccan wedding or flower. And we have like all Moroccan style and and then we have always a moment for Sharqi music. And so um, not everybody dance Sharqi. And actually, my mom, she always tell me, don't dance this dance, don't dance this dance. In front, you know, our wedding is 300 people, things like that. So it's a very big wedding. So she said to me, don't let people take you and put you in the middle and videotape you when you are dancing and she always tell me don't do that and I always when she's going to wedding I say please take me with you because I love dancing I love the music and beside that uh, also since I'm very little I remember when I was very little also we I used to uh, learn a song with uh, like Moroccan song or also uh, Islamic song like more Sufi style song mm -hmm. and uh, I I was part of uh, so I I start to learn to uh, play uh, tabla so I played uh, what we call bendir is uh, a Moroccan duff with string and I start also to play darbuga mm -hmm. and also when I was 13 my mom she offered me she as a gift darbuga um, for for my birthday because I always say oh, I want to play I want to play and then I start to go to uh, one girl, she was Moroccan also in my neighborhood. She asked my mom if I could go with her to play music uh, with a girl band. Like a lot of girls, they, they Moroccan girls, they come together and they play music. And uh, my mom, she said, okay, she you, she can go with you because she said, oh, she's very talented and everything. Because I was doing all of this by myself already. And then I went to that place and I never left mm -hmm. <laughs> since as. Uh, to when that woman she hired me to be a part of her band, and I start to work on wedding. To when I I leave uh, when I left Belgium and I came here. Mm. So for me it's like it's normal. <laughs> it's like normal things. Like I always did. 
Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, it's just so interesting to see the differences that dance and music plays in everyday life of different cultures. Uh, and so thanks for sharing. And one of the things that was really interesting for me too, that it's very popular to have uh, uh, girls' uh, music bands in Morocco. Yes. So we, this is like very unique. Uh, I think it's... Uh, kind of, yeah, you're very unique in Morocco, in Belgium, and Morocco, I mean, in Morocco in general. We call that, so what we do often, often is called uh, Amdah. So it's uh, like song for God. This is what I was doing. But we have also uh, a band for uh, like uh, music, like uh, Moroccan Shabi or like classical Moroccan, like in general music, pop, rak uh, sharqa and everything. We have both. The thing is, my mom, for example, she allowed me to do the Amda uh, because it was like God music and she knew the woman. But still, it wasn't really see well in my community that I go out uh, for playing music at wedding because it means I am a night girl mm. because I go out during the night. And we are like independent, we go along. Uh, but and but if I was going to ask if I can be part of like a, a music, not like a that for God, that will be like, no, because this is, look, it's, it's different. It's a different vision when for those girl bands, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but it's very popular and everybody, because in, uh, in our culture, uh, it's not only dancing. Our body is the music and play the music. Any woman, I remember when I was young, uh, we go to a celebration all the women start to sing in the room. It's like magical. This is like really the enchantment. This is really like what we call uh, the Tarab moment, like the most exciting. Everybody singing and dancing is so, it becomes like spiritual and giving mm. when everybody's doing that. So yeah, everybody play music, everybody sing. Every, we know the song, we know. But now it's starting to be lost in Belgium for the next generation. But in my generation and my parents, it was like, who we, we know everything. But it's so also interesting, the contrast you, that you brought up, because you were saying that dance and music plays such a huge role in day-to-day -day life, and everyone life dancing and listening to music, but there still was resistant, resistance to becoming a professional uh, musicians, even not to say dancers, uh, for like entertainment purposes. It's very interesting... Uh, phenomena. Yes. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so uh, for that, so I'm gonna keep um, explaining the journey. It's, it's very hard to explain because I feel like now you brought so many memories. Uh. You know, it's like in my hand is becoming crazy because I feel like uh, everything is mixed up uh, by thinking talking about that. But um, yes, dancing uh, is everyday life. With, and often we do only women. We, it separates society. So women are alone, men are alone. You know, we mm -hmm. are not together. When we dance alone, only women, there is no taboo. Everything is, uh, is per, uh, permitted. Mm -hmm. Like you can do everything you want. It's crazy. It's our secret of women. We share things. When we grew... So when we are young, we just play music, we sing and everything. 
And then when, and I, I used to do that too. I invite all my girlfriends, Moroccan uh, for dinner all the time, like uh, at least uh, three times a year, they all come at my house. I prefer food. And then we always end up by dancing and playing all music and make fun and everything. But then you have uh, what we do between girls. The thing is when we dance in front of men, there's other rules. So there is some, there is like our secret. We don't share them when we dance differently when there is a man. Mm-hmm. It's very different. And the thing is with being professional dancer, first of all, or musician, is first of all, it's because it's associated to the night uh, life, which is nightlife is not good. Any person or family that is respectable wants her children being on the night on the street or like outside of the home. Mm-hmm. Because that means that uh, we are girl. We, you don't want to be a girl of the night, you know. Mm-hmm. And then second, yes, dancing as I told you. For example, there is different social rule. Even when we dance, like if I invent my friends at home, we dance only together. We are girlfriends, and we dance like without taboo. I'm not gonna dance um, like that if I'm in a wedding with 300 people. And I will not dance, um, and when I'm in a wedding in tre- with 300 people, I won't dance uh, if I am, for for example, depending of how where I am from the guests or uh, from the hierarchy, if like I'm the hostess, I'm not going to dance as if I am um, a guest. It's different. There is like some code. So the dance is always representing what what you what you represent in the society or in the social, uh, uh, how we say, like in the social, um, uh, position. what's your social role? Yeah, position in the, in the event mm. or what is the event and everything. Yes. So that's why, for example, I will give you a, an example that maybe will talk to you. For you, what is Moroccan style, for example? Everybody will think... No, I want you to answer to that. <laughs> what do you think is Moroccan style? Uh, well, obviously, there are several. Like, Moroccan style is very generic. It's like, say, in Egyptian style. Like, there's many within it. But the most popular, the right away that comes in mind, is Chabi and uh, uh, Shikhat. Uh, yes. that's something that entered ballad and scene <laughs> like really yeah. really uh, intense so that's that's those that are the most popular so to explain uh, to give you the, my example it's exactly about that for example the most popular now in the dance scene is the shihat style mm-hmm. which is the shihat so as I, I respect every woman and uh, I have nothing against them. And I think a lot of Shekhat brought a lot of very interesting things in Morocco. They are like revolutionary women, I will say like that. Uh, but also they are associated to uh, night, a night uh, woman, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for example... The things to put the belt, uh, for example, when you we have the belt and we put it back and we close it back, you know, the, the, you see that a lot. And you then mean, it looks like, uh, you know what I mean? You have a belt and then they close it back and this is, and then they shake their ass. And mm-hmm. you have to know that this is very, 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 very vulgar. 
in our society to do that. And this is the most popular now in the dance scene for Moroccan. And actually, I will have to tell you something. I never really experimented that. And I have been working on Moroccan wedding all my life and being on Moroccan wedding. And also something that is very interesting about uh, Brussels, the fact that I was born in Brussels, is I was exposed to many, many different Moroccan style of Morocco. Because I ha we, we had uh, mostly uh, um, an immigration from north of Morocco which were the Amazigh, which the people know them more as Berber, but we are, this is Amazigh people. So they are the indigenous of Morocco. And then we have a lot of also people from the city that like we call the Arabs, but because they speak Arabic too. And, um, and so, and we have people from so North Tangier, Tetuan, uh, the Reef. And then we have some people from Kaza, but not that much. And then we have also some people from Rabah, so, and some Swiss people, but um, I, so that was one thing that I was exposed to when I was in Belgium, so many different styles. But when I came here, I also, I am with um, uh, the, the immigration in Boston, it's mostly from Casa, from the region of Casablanca, south of Morocco, like south uh, uh, Casa, Rabat, uh, Jadida, this, and things like that. And not that much from North, like me. So, which culturally is so different. Even the accent, the way that we speak is so different. Mm. So, so those people, this is was the, really the first time I saw this, like the fact that they do that. They put their bed like that. But you have to know that when they do that, we do that when there is only women together. And when we do that, it's because they are mimicking, mimicking, mimicking. So they are, in, and when we do that, it's because we laugh. I used to do that also with my friends when I was back to Belgium. I had actually one of my best friends, she was from Casablanca. And every time she come at home, we say, please, please, do shekhat, do shekhat for us, do shekhat. And so she does that for us. Like, but it was more like a fun, a game. Because I will tell you the truth, nobody wants like a regular person, a popular shab, this regular shab. Nobody wants to be a shihad. And even myself, like I am a dancer, I don't want people they call me shihad. Mm. I'm not a shihad. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Because the the symbol is behind shihad. Even I have no. I mean, I'm a dancer. I respect all women and. I think we have so much to learn from them. They are professional dancers, of course, in our country, but. We don't want to be associated to them because uh, because of how I was conditioned as since I'm very little uh, to 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 be called as a sheikha like it means like it means behind that means like I am a, you know a bad girl mm -hmm. and even the term sheikha sheikha it's like a nickname but it's a nickname you have to know that also there is a lot of uh, Autodérision, we say in French. I don't know how we say that in English. It's like when in Morocco, there is a lot of nicknames to call people and things like that. For example, my uh, my uh, my uncle, he, he passed away, but his name was uh, Fqi. Fqi means the man of the mosque, the, the priest of the mosque. Mm. And they call it like that, but he was not nothing of... Uh, for a it was just a nickname to make fun about him 
because he was far away to be a priest of the month, but maybe because he, the way that he acted. So everybody has a nickname. My, my father had a, had a, has a nickname. And when we go to my village in Morocco, we, we know them only by their nickname. Yeah. It's like that. So Sheikha is a nickname. And it's um, Sheikh. It was a political, uh, I don't have it exactly, uh, but Sheikh, is a, um, it was a political uh, position in the Arabic uh, government in Morocco. Like, I mean, not now, but when the Islam, mm-hmm. you know, when Islam was there. And Sheikha is, is the, the equivalent. They give the uh, woman name for that. But if I think I make some research, I already wrote about that. But it's like um, because also you have to know that the shehad when they start, uh, also they 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 are, some of them they were actually criticizing the society and uh, complaining about the political in Morocco and things like that. There is a lot of metaphor in the music and the song, so it's very deep. Only to study that you need like to be only focus on that. So for all of that, it's, this is example is just to to highlight that uh, this belt, for example, which be like is now very popular. You have to imagine that for Moroccan people, we see that like what is that? Actually, it's really it's like we sell our secret as a woman. And I, I actually it brought me today to a, a big, big reflection. Why when I'm teaching, is I'm thinking about. I say to the dancer, this is between us and this is to be, you can take out. Not everything you learn in the dance can be out because you are killing our secret as a woman. Mm. Arabic woman. I think this is a very important thing just to stop a little bit here because you actually brought up so many things. I was like, I need to to ask about this, this, this. (laughs) Come back. But (laughs) no, that's great. (laughs) That's great. But... uh, Let's let talk a little bit specifically about this belt because I think it's very important because a lot of people bring it on stage without even realizing what they're doing um, and that it may look actually very vulgar. And uh, there, are, I'm not quite, quite sure about which version you're talking about because I saw a couple and I don't know if they're all really from Moroccan culture or it was someone's interpretation. So... By that belt that you just talked about, do you mean the belt that sort of hangs uh, down on the back and people try to move it uh, and like, in a circle uh, motions? Or is it the one yeah. around the back raptor? So it's when you put the belt and you close it in your ass and you make like a wrong, like a tie, you ah. know what I mean? No, and this, and then you, you, when you move your ass, it turns. Okay, so it's this, this with the hanging, uh, hanging pieces on the back. Ah, yes. Okay, good to know. I've never <laughs> did this mistake, but I didn't think that uh, this is the one that is uh, um, something like super inappropriate to do on on the public. Oh yeah, it is very, very, uh, and uh, uh, I mean. We do. We I see women do it that all the time, and almost uh, often are women from uh, the region of Gaza and everything. I just have, I just went to a party here in Boston where I was invited, and I see a lot of women. Actually, this is where I see really dancing, 
and create like and women together they have really it's amazing to see that uh and uh, i miss that so much that's why i went to i love it that they invite me and um and i see that but i would i would never do that out of the the like private mm-hmm. uh woman environment that's my opinion, you know, but then everybody does what he wants. Some women, they do, they don't care. I mean, everybody, but this is my, my opinion. And also I want to highlight something very important here. Everything I say, I'm not the Moroccan culture. I'm only one little window of the Moroccan culture. I don't, um, uh, I'm not here to say this is the truth. I say my, I'm telling about my own experience and my interpretation of how I live the Moroccan culture and how I interpret it and how I study it and how I get deeper on it and how I live it. So this is my own interpretation. And I am Soumaya Marouz. I come from North Morocco. I'm a Jibliya style girl, which I live in Tangier. We went to Tangier. My experience is in Belgium with many different Moroccan people community. So, you know, it's my own experience. So this is, um, this is also what I want to say. Mm. And I think it's very important to say that too, because for me, as a teacher, I will encourage my students to go and study with many different native people from different regions because they will learn so different things. Mm. That's very, uh, very nice of you to mention because, but here we are exactly to hear your opinion in this interview. But thank you for highlighting because I think it's really important reminder, especially for dancers who... Uh, in the beginning of their uh, dance journeys, and it's most of us. <laughs> like the more they learn, the more we discover we still need to learn. But sometimes there is this, um, or especially from someone, from some teachers who come from the culture, have any connection from the culture, or if this teacher said this, this is the true, and then you go to another teacher coming from the same like country origin, and they say something else, and then you either believe in whoever you heard first or you're sort of like, what's going on? What should they do? <laughs> But- okay, so I will explain you this problem. Mm-hmm. Why this problem? So, for example, I will talk for Morocco, which is the, I know the, the most, but you can apply that to Middle East, uh, Middle East and North Africa. So I have a workshop actually about that. I explained the Raqsharqi, Uh, how and everything I map because I I I, I uh, actually am a geographer so I my my vision is very mapping so my approach is geographical so I map the things when I study the dance mm-hmm. and you have to understand that in Morocco from Tangier to Tetuan I don't know how many kilometers there is maybe 100 kilometers something like that and from one city to another or Azela, for example, it is very close, 30 kilometers, 50. I don't know, it's not far. It's like another world. Mm. Wow. Like, you go to Kaza, it's another world. You go to, to Fez, it's another world. It's so different. You cannot look like, uh, like uh, it's, it's very different than, um, it's old uh, uh, cities, old life, old the. Uh, world so for example in Tanji we have an accent in Tetuan they have an accent mm-hmm. for, in, for example as Jbala we have an accent 
we when we talk for example i will say qalbi you know qalbi is albi my heart so for example in tetuan they won't say they will say they will say for example qahwa they will say ahwa for example you go to you go to uh, Meknes, the region of Meknes, and then you go to Kaza. When they say Kalbi, they will say Galbi. They will speak more like Egyptian with the accent Ga. Mm-hmm. So the first time I met when I was young, I was I had my first friend from Rabat. <clears throat> I talked with her mom, and I was like, "Your mom, which which is speaking?" Because she had an accent from Rabat, very heavy. If you go to Marrakesh, I cannot understand Marrakesh people because they speak very difficult. Like they eat their words. Like like you go to Kaza, they have their accent. Yeah. So you have even us. Like when I go Morocco, I travel south. They say, "Oh, Shamalia means oh, you are from the north," because they know my accent the way that we speak. For example, and I will give you another example. The pancake, Moroccan pancake. In north, in north of Morocco, we call it Raghayef. Raghayef. Mm-hmm. But in the south, they call it Msimmen. But we are talking about the same thing. I see. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So this is the thing. Is that even, for example, in the south, they don't necessarily know the culture of the north. And even under north, they don't know the culture of the south. So sometimes they don't know even Moroccan themselves. They know just what is around them. They know things like that, but they don't know why they know. And even they don't really know how it's going. Like when I dance my shabi, it's very different than the shabi of my friends that she's from Kaza. So different. It's a different shabi, a different style. Also the music. We have music from center, then music is different. And in the music, you have a lot of aspect, cultural aspects, and you have a lot of uh, regional aspects. Mm-hmm. Because the music often talk about country, talk about the, the everyday life, talk about the stories. One of my musicians with who I work here, his name is Mohamed Major. He's a musician, a Moroccan musician. He's from Essaouira. So it's totally different. Um, and um, he, we talk about that because when I teach, I explain all those things. You understand? Like I like to explain everything in the context and the mm-hmm. sense. And uh, we, t- he, we were talking about the music and uh, the poetry and the, the singing in Morocco. But for example, I remember my mom, and I was talking with him about that. I was like, my mom, for example, she sing. She was telling me her story uh, in the village uh, where she's from and everything, and she was telling me that. Um, about the immigration when they left for Belgium and she has to wait my father four years but when they left it was like a big deal nobody wants really to go in Europe because you can uh, film and you, and no woman wanted really to marry to a guy that he's going to 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 Europe to immigrate because if they fell it's like they can be abandoned the woman there mm. and he can maybe never come back or if he come back he lost all the money so he's like a, a, the shame of the village you know what I mean mm. and so my mom she said you know what she said she said I don't want people sing about me, about me or I don't want they sing about us because this, it, what Mohammed Major say the musician he said because the sing the song were the newspaper of the of the of the village. Oh. 
That's so interesting. So this is also for so for example, if you see Egypt today, because I look also, you know, I mean, I'm very interested. I study all the, I study a lot of folklore and Egyptian style and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm Lebanese and I study Turkish and I study, uh, I study um, a little bit of Algerian. I'm not really exposed to uh, actually to Tunisian, not that much, but I have friends from Tunisia, so I grew up with some of them. And then uh, actually the Libya is really the country that I have no cue at all. Uh, but what I was to say is like, if you see that, like, for example, what's happening now in Egypt, you can see even the music represents a phenomenon that is happening in Egypt. If you watch the shabby, the new shabby, the new style, even the dancer that dancing that and everything is representing something happening in the story, in the history of Egypt. Yeah. Yeah, so true. And uh it's so interesting, like comparison of songs to newspapers in the old times, but even today, it's such a great reflection what we see in culture in in any country and all around the world. Um, but especially in those countries that music and dance plays such a huge, important role in every day to day life. It's such a great reflection of seeing what's actually happening in society. Coming back to uh, Shehat, what is your opinion that you see today uh, some children performing this dance on stage? Oh my god, children. <laughs> because we see you it. <laughs> That's why I'm asking it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my god. Because uh, about children, so what I'm going to say. <laughs> you know, in our culture, children, they dance. Uh, like I told you, when I was young, I danced with mimic and everything. Uh, but uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, Shekhat, I think. I see one, maybe. She does that. But it wasn't like that That uh, bad. Like wasn't like... Um, I don't know. But I, what I know, I will say not for Shekhat, but for Rak Sharqi, because this is what I saw a lot. I I don't understand to see a, uh, a little girl from eight years dancing to an Um Kelton song that she didn't understand the lyric. To dance to, I taught, I taught a class here. It was called Musicality and... Um, Musicality, Rakhsharqi, uh, understand the music and everything. And actually, I asked um, all my students to, to pick a song, uh, and then we work a song during eight weeks. And then at the end, I asked them if the song that they know, you know, they have always experience to dance to them and everything. And then I asked them to perform the song after we did several, like I built, you know, when I'm in my class to the end of the eight weeks. And at the eight weeks, I said, okay, now we're going to perform it. You're going to show me what you have for it. Actually, one girl, I think it was very uh, nice of her, but very pure from her, but she started to cry and she said, I cannot dance to that. I don't feel I have enough experience to be able to dance to that. The words are so like, uh, so that's my opinion. Mm, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, uh, I was just asking your opinion because uh, uh, I saw at least uh, announced as a shihad performance and then children on stage, especially on those uh, ballet dance competitions. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. I'm not an expert in Moroccan dance, so I don't know how poor actual presentation was. Uh, maybe they were just calling, but then doing something else. Uh, but at least it was introduced as a shayhat. And then I was like, we are talking about all those um, uh, stereotypes and associations and like re uh, related to this dance form. So that's why I was asking about your opinion. But you brought up another very important topic that uh, uh, regardless of those uh, stereotypes and even some dances that are not appropriate at all for certain age groups, there is also this phenomenon of uh, there is a music, no, I would say there is an age and time for all music and you can't just jump and some steps in your life or some years of your <laughs> life and uh, trying to express on stage something that you never experienced in, in your actual life. Uh, so thank you for sharing that, uh, that story about your student. And actually I want to say something also about the dance and the music, even myself. As a, as a, I always liked Warda. I grew up more, more with Warda than Um Keltum. But then I, I, I know Um Keltum because I hear it. My mom every morning, actually even Hiraki music I was listening because every morning my mom, she put uh, the Arabic uh, uh, radio, you know, when we were young. And still now my parents, they watch only Mar Arabic TV, like all Moroccan, uh, Jazeera, uh, you know, the, um, like uh, all Arabic TVs. So, uh, so it's in my mind, you know. I always listen that. And uh, <clears throat> when, uh, so when I was young, what I loved to dance to was uh, like the uh, drum solo. I heard drum solo, mm. or like very like. Uh, very pop song or like, you know, pop song and things like that. Like I love dance to that. I hear them. I'm like already jumping on, on the dance floor to them. But with time, the really, the like with time, I always listen. Uh, actually, my, one of my favorite songs was And with time, with time, with time, I start to dance to, to those kind of songs. One of mm. the first songs I danced actually was, uh, of course, Between Speak, because this song was really always on the wedding and everything. And then I danced to Hubbak Salahni Ala Dunya. It's a song that was uh, taken only the beginning of it and a little bit changed. I don't know if it's the belly dance superstar or something. So this song, I, I danced to that a lot. And then uh, I started really to dance Umkeltum and everything, like when I became professional. Because those mm -hmm. songs, I put Moroccan lady dancing to that. Even for them, they say, how you dance to that? I will never know how to dance to that. But you made it. Mm. They tell me that you made it. And actually, for example, yesterday I went to uh, to, to dance. I was uh, performing, uh, dancing. And uh, the the singer, uh, he asked me to come back to dance to Umkel Tom. Because I always stay when I go to uh, place where I dance. I stay in the restaurant, I, I have my table, and everything. I like to listen to the music and enjoy. And um, <clears throat> he asked me to come back to dance to Umkeltum at the end. Because uh, the thing is, uh, first of all, normally those music, we don't dance to them. It's made to listen. It's more to listen. But to be able to dance to that is like actually already the challenge of the art. That's how I see it. For, exa for example, a Mejance, 
I see that everybody starts to learn to do emergency. So many people, they go dance uh, and they start to to study by emergency. All the time we study emergency, emergency. But for me, I think emergency is the highest level of the dance. It means that you need so much, because emergency is more innovative because so many things are happening in the music that I think that you need so much knowledge to be able to do that. So for me, in my vision, I, 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 it's the hardest thing to do to dance emergency. I had a mm. hard time to do that. I need to train myself so much in many different folklore. It's so interesting uh, what you're saying, and it brought me another thought uh, right now. Just thinking about my own experience of being a, a Ukrainian girl studying ballet dance in Ukraine. And honestly, uh, for the first four or five years, uh, to my shame, but it never really bothered too much the meaning of the song it's like all those uh, typical mistakes of beginning ballet dancer i think i did them in 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 those years but um even like thinking on other schools and, and like teachers and how we were taught and i'm just was thinking now it's so interesting now i completely understand what you're saying and completely can relate to it but thinking back I kind of feel why all those beginners ballet dancers who are out of touch from the original country do those mistakes of taking those Unkalsum songs and just like putting them right in the beginning of their dance training without real understanding of it is because those music and Mejense it actually applies to that music is so rich in it changes yeah because there is this section then there is this section they are all different so it makes you feel that it's way easier to dance to it because it provides already variety that you don't need to really uh focus on trying to make something extraordinary <laughs> with your just based on your own skills because if music is sort of the same you need to to make it work for like four, five, uh, I don't know, ten minutes, whatever whatever length you are doing. But if music keeps changing, uh, it feels way easier. It's for me. It's the most difficult. Mejante uh. is very difficult, and I will tell you something. Folklore is look easy, but it's also difficult. Yeah, because folklore is repetition. But it's not about repeating the move. It's about how much feeling you put in the move. So in folklore, you really need to understand the context of the folklore. Where is he from and what does that mean and everything. Because in the folklore, um, and I will tell you something about that, actually. If you go to that and then you go to the, like, a Umkeltum song, what does do Amkeltum and how people react? In where is when she she take a, a part of her song and she repeat it and repeat it and repeat it again. Yes. So it's the same. It's, I, for me today the dance, uh, uh, it's like what I see it's becoming with the dance. Um, there is not much repetition. People doesn't take their time to breathe because and it's in the repetition that you can have the feeling, that you can bring a feeling. 
Because after even you repeat it, it looks the same maybe, but it's not really the same. A trained eyes or like a, a trained eyes, he can see the difference. Mm. Because you are going to the deepest, you dive in the deepness of the, of the, of the music. It's not about how much you can give, because if you want really the person to receive and you want to create this startup moment, the, 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 the secret of it, and when I say Tarab moment, it's the ecstasy. So it's like a trance. So what brings the trance in the music, in the dance? Like when we have a dance for the trance, what brings you in the trance is to repeat the same move again and again and again and again. So if you don't take your time to dive in the deepness, you will never get that moment, that feeling. So this is why I don't understand actually choreography on Tarab. Uh, Tarab, like music for Tarab, because Tarab is a moment. But I mean, I mean uh, in like in Um Keltum or something like that. For example, I have people. Um, for example, I have people telling me that uh, that they choreograph, and I don't understand. I, for example, I dance personally. When I dance to a song, I cannot repeat twice the same. I have like some move they come back in the moment because uh, it's, but it's never twice the same. Never. Because it depends of my mood, of my feeling. Even when I have a, a show, uh, it's in function of my mood, of my experience, the moment, what I feel. If I'm depressed, I will be more like in a depressive, like, or maybe I will hide my depression. You know, it depends really what you are living in the moment. In your, uh, in your journey as a dancer, as a woman, as a, everything comes together to express this. Mm. So... You will never dance. I uh, when I was 13, I would not dance as I know today. I told you when I was 13, I jumped to do a drum solo. Today, ask me to do drum solo. I'm bored. It's not my favorite things. I like it because it's fun. But for a performance, like I will dance drum solo. It's not I'm saying I'm not dancing. But for me, when I dance a drum solo, it's really when I'm the highest energy and crazy and everything. And like it's like the party. But if I perform, I don't feel performing a drum solo. Mm. Or like even when I do a full set, like sometimes I skip the drum solo because it's, it became not my favorite things. I enjoy more music with the meaning. It's like because maybe I'm more like adult, so I like more things that have deepness. Today, as an active uh, Raksharki performer also, uh, by the way, how that uh, started for you and uh, how was... Uh, uh, reaction of your family, if you don't mind, because now you're very active uh, and you are doing Sharky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a um, yeah another topic. Uh, so yeah, no, it's okay. I can talk and no problem. Uh, but uh, so you know, I will tell you something. For me, it's kind of scary when I talk like that, and I know people will listen to me. <laughs> I'm scared all to give my opinion, really. I, I'm, uh, I don't want to be after. Uh, but uh, I will tell you for that. So Because, yes, we, we talked about my journey to when I came to Boston. So, you know, since I'm little, I dance. I always dance. And even I was actually, I have to explain to you about this. Actually, it's very important because it's very interesting. That's what my friends American tell me when I tell them this part of my story. Um the thing is, um, so I was always a dancer. So in my family, my community, I was recognized as a Moroccan, a very good dancer and everything. 
But then I, um, and since I'm very little, I always have people asking me if I teach. But I never, they asked me, where did I learn? And I was like, I did never learn. I just like to learn like that, you know. And I had actually at my house only one video. One video, and you did that video, it's Mona Al-Said. And then you have Nelly, and then you have Hanan. That video, I bought it in my neighborhood because I had a, a, a street in my neighborhood, very famous. Even people from Germany, French, France, and uh, Ho- uh, Holland, they came to my street to buy things from Morocco at that time. Mm-hmm. It was very famous for that, my neighbor, because very Moroccan. And I had one, and I always go and I ask, can I buy a, 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 a like a belly dance? But we don't call it like that. I don't call belly dance. It's rak sharki, okay? How I want this. And, and then my mom, she said, no, don't buy. And I'm like, I bought And then I hide. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, I could watch that video and I watch it all the time when my parents are not there. And when my mom come or my father, I, I have to stop. So they cannot see me. I watch this video. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I watched this and I learned from that. So my teacher actually was Monal Said and Hanan. They were my teachers. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> because I watched them. And also when I go to wedding, I remember when I was very young, I still have the memory. I was in my wedding of my cousin. One woman, she come and she danced Rak Sharqi. And I remember she was dancing and everybody was looking at her. <gasps> my God, la, la, la. you know, they told when they do solos performance. And they, they say, oh, she was vulgar, la, la, la. Or like I, I had one girl in my neighborhood also, they call her, oh, she has a costume of belly dancing at house, like a rakshaki costume. Oh, she has a rakshaki costume. She's a dancer of cabaret, la, 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 la. Everybody talk about her. And when she go wedding, everybody wants to see her dance because they know that she was a good dancer. So I remember all the stories, you know. And so, so this is one of my mom. She was like always on dance and everything, those things. You can dance, but with your friends and when everybody's dancing, but don't dance alone. She doesn't like it. So from there, uh, but I always dance. So everywhere where I go, my sisters, they always say to their friends when we have friends or celebrations, say, oh, my sister, she's a very good dancer. So people bring me to dance and everything. And then uh, I, I, after a while, I decided to actually, I said, okay, I want to learn. Uh, I want to take classes. Because I want maybe to teach, because everybody asked me to teach, like Moroccan community, when I was back in Belgium. But my goal was never, believe me, never ever to perform. I never, you will, you will understand when I'm explaining the story. Then I go to, um, I decided to take a first class, but I, don't, I didn't really, um, uh, how we say, like, like it. I don't want to mention the teacher because it's not nice, but she's nice dancer and everything. But I didn't, um, uh, she was not a native woman, actually. It's funny, I'm mentioning that not because I want to discriminate, but it's really my feeling as a native person, how I can be attracted by the dance. I didn't know it would be like that. So I didn't really enjoy her class and the energy also in the class. And so I decided to, to stop that class. I was uh, 25 or 26, I don't remember. So this, that was this. And then uh, I'm, I saw Sir Cantuta dancing on, uh, on stage. And I loved his energy. Mm-hmm. Sir Can, he's a Turkish mm-hmm. Malbali dancer. I loved dance, his energy. And uh, I said, I started to, <laughs> I was with my Turkish friend. And I started to say, Sir Can, means I love you in Turkey. 
Turkish. So then I decided to go to his class and I loved it. It was like just a hobby. I'd go because for fun. And he actually, I really liked his class because I felt home. This is the thing with the dance, the music. I felt home, like the music he chose, the way he interpreted the music, what he was talking about. It was more like, and but it was a hobby. And so he has a student showcase. And, you know, I always dance since I'm very little, even at my school. Um, I dance at school, um, like uh, for uh, old people, like go I dance. Oh, also I had show at school. My mom, she said, don't dance at your school, uh, dance uh, oriental dance. And I could dance it. <laughs> I do show like that because I love dancing. So when and then with Sarkan, he has a, a show, student show. I said, like, oh, can I dance? Yes, he can. I can dance and dance and dance there. And then he organized a festival in Istanbul. I went uh, and I loved it. I loved it. I saw Asena. I saw them. Uh, I mean, it was amazing. I saw so many Turkish. Uh, but, you know, at that time, I have no experience of the dance world. The belly dance. I will call it belly dance world, okay? I don't have experience about that. Mm-hmm. I'm just me, like a native woman. And I, it's, there is no need for me necessarily to be in the festival or in the dance world because I always have that around me. It's like normal for me. So I, from that, when I go to belly, I loved it because I love the dance. So I love to see, I was so impressed by the dancer to see all those Japanese and Singapore and Korean dancing the, uh, the dance, you know? But also, sometimes I was like, what is they are doing? Like, it's so different. I was impressed, impressed I think, by the technique also. And also, there were some Russian dancers there. So then, uh, from there, I decided, uh, okay, I decided, so I had to leave Belgium. So I stayed with Sarkhan to the end when I left. And actually, Sarkhan is a very nice person and an amazing teacher. And then from there, I left. And... Um, and of course, I was dying to keep doing. And because when I come to Boston, uh, uh, my life changed totally. Uh, and also, there is, it's very different from uh, the vision of America and Europe uh, to be a professional dancer or artist. So when I came here, I just skipped love the dance. So I wanted to take classes and I was dying to take classes. But I couldn't find uh, really a home. But... One woman, she advised me, a, a woman from the area, her name is Shadia. She, uh, Shadia Christentham, she's also a designer of costume. I went to her class and I was like, oh, yes, this is the same feeling of Sarkhan. Hmm. Because the music was Turkish, she was dancing to the music. But the full class I take, I see they talk a lot and they don't, they don't dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why you talk? Put the music. The music will tell us what we're going to do. <laughs> So this is the thing. So I came here. So I met Shadia, and Shadia, right the way she become my mentor. She's uh, she's uh, half German and half from uh, Azerbaijan or Turkish ascendant, and she had her husband was he was a Lebanese. He passed away, but he's Lebanese, a drummer, Lebanese. She's a professional dancer. She's an older woman, and she's my older. So I I, I start with her. She become my mentor. And we go like, and I just want to take classes and her class was very beginner, but I love the dance. So I don't care. You know what I mean? I just mm. take beginner classes I, I, all the time. <laughs> I never really take advanced class. I just take beginner, beginner. When I go to festival, I, I like to take classes. Uh, I don't know. And then uh, 
She was, we go to uh, some restaurant places. Like I know they are very famous, like dancer here. They really want to dance, to, to perform there. And she was telling me, do you want to dance here? And I was like, because I watch dancer and I was like, yeah, I love to watch the dancer, but I never wanted to be the dancer. Hmm. That's the thing. I never wanted to be the Sarak Sharki woman dancing on the stage in the restaurant. But today, guess what? I am also this. <laughs> but this is the thing. When she asked me when I came here, I was like, no, I no, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, it was never my dream. I know I want to perform. Like, I know I like to dance. I know I love to perform. But I never thought, even wearing the costume two-piece the first time, it took me a lot of time. I start little by little to open my costume. And now I'm back to dresses again because it's, it was a big challenge for me. It like, and then also I was invited to dance in the, like a, a small places and people were asking me, are you professional? I'm like, no, I'm just uh, love, I love to dance. So people asked me to come and everything. And I was like, no, I love dancing. That's it. So I go, but I like to dance. So, so when they pay me was like, okay. And and I was part of a troupe also, but it was American lady. And I started to take so many festivals that time. And the thing, it was funny because when I started to take classes, people were correcting me how I dance. Oh, your arm should be straight, this and that. You should be like that, like that, like that. So I listened to that because I'm new, you know, and I see those dancers. I see them very impressive and everything. And I was like, wow, this is what I want. And and also when I came here, I said, oh, I want to compete. <laughs> I just said that. I want to go to Istanbul to compete. And I will compete with Moroccan folklore because I love it. And I already danced folklore in the past festival with Satan. So I decided I train myself. I do my choreo. I did a choreo and everything. And I went to compete. And I won the second uh, category. And Rashaqi, nothing. Uh, and you know, I ask to. I start to ask myself, myself, and I think, oh, I'm very bad. So I really listen to that. And uh, and then I did a competition also in New York, and I didn't place. And uh, many people come to me and tell me, oh, it was so refreshing to see you dance, so refreshing. But believe me, I would have never competed in New York because I thought, like, oh my God, the girls there they dance so good, and I'm so like bullshit, like nothing. But Shadia, my mentor, she was telling me, Sumaya, you are going to New York, you pay all the festival, why you are not dancing? You should compete. I said, because Shadia, I don't know what, what I'm going to do in the competition. Like, the girls dance so much good. She said, no, you need to, to expose people to your dance. I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to you. But for me, it was such a big deal, believe me, like, oh, my God. And then for, uh, when I compete, I get the feedback. Uh, of the things and this is something we can talk about it another time but it made me think 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 and I realized so many things about that the thing and after that I showed the video where I danced uh, in, uh, to my mentor and she said I don't really like anymore how you dance my sister too they told me that because I always ask to my sisters to my friends in Belgium everything because they know me since I'm little so they, were, they are my first criticized judge Mm-hmm. And they, they they told me we don't like anymore how you dance. And you know why they didn't like it? Because I was not anymore me, and I was not anymore a true Arabic woman dancing to the music. I was changing my style to something else. 
And this is the funniest thing is when you go on festival, often we are, we are less represented. I don't see the many uh, uh, native women on those festivals. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, um, and the thing is often, even when we go on class, we get corrected. Like my hands were not, they make me ballet hand when I do more my hands, Sharqi style, like Arabic style or things like that. And so I, I start to think and I stop back and I say, this is not what I want. I want to be me. I want to be myself and I don't want to lose myself in the dance. So I decided actually to give, take a step back of that and train myself all. I always train myself alone, alone, alone. I just do like festival workshops and things like that. But my approach is so different now. And I really pick carefully where I go and which style. And it, I become like me before when I take classes or something. I just watch what I like and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. My approach was different. And also, I decided that not everybody can, I cannot put my dance in any hand. I need to put my dance in the right hand. And first of all, I had to look inside of me because the answer not, were not outside, but inside of me and the music, me and my relationship with the music. So from there in Boston, I, I still perform from here, from there. And seriously, if you ask me when I become professional, I have not exact answer. What I can say is just that people were demanding me to come perform and everything. More I perform, more I had demand. And more I had demand, more I become performing. And I get involved here and there and there and there. And then one day I woke up and people keep asking me if I'm professional. I'm like, no, an experience. I start to take, teach class here, there, like for almost free. And then you become, because I never knew that what I had to to give was valuable actually even now when you ask me about the interview I'm like what I'm gonna say I, I'm not like uh, you know what I mean like people will have no interest to listen what I have I mean this is the thing so I'm like what I'm gonna say you know but um and this is the thing and I realized by t- starting to teach classes like I do one thing people were like what did you do here I'm like this is just this and they said no tell us what is that and this is actually is be after that it's like I make my own position for myself. And then I decided, yes, I'm Sumaya Mahos. And, um, and, and really, really professional. The set of mine was when I, I decided to really like work for it. Only that, like 100%. I think, for, I think about that. I sleep with that. I dance. I work up with that. I deal with people. And also because I have also a message. And one of the main things happened was that gave me the courage to take the step to be an artist is when I saw the bombing in Brussels. Mm. I grew up uh, in Belgium and we were in ghetto and we were very discriminated. Uh, it was very hard to be uh, a foreign in, uh, or an alien in your own uh, where you were born. I never felt I have a country or an identity. So for me, it's very important and also I never, like being Moroccan was very difficult. And when I came to to America, I was like, oh, to my husband, I tell him, oh, look, it's very easy here to be Moroccan. <laughs> People love it. It's so different. Mm-hmm. So um, when I saw what happened in Belgium, because it was my community, 
it was coming from my community, I thought we need to talk and be proud of what we are. And I don't want, never again people tell me that my culture is not beautiful because it's very beautiful and we have a lot. It's different, but it's very, very beautiful. And, um, and I think we need really to give, because it's a lost generation, they, have, they are lost, they don't know where to go, how to, to be. You know, they don't have model or example because there is a break between the parents and the children, you know. <clears throat> so I decided, I said, I want to dance, I want to be an artist, and, uh, and I want to, to share my culture and to show the beauty of it, and I want to create a bridge between us and the others. That was one of my main goals. Because I speak different languages, as the dance is a language for me, so I feel like I can translate. Because I, this is what I did all my life. I grew up in between, so I am always in between. So even in the dance, when I saw that people were correcting me, I became very angry at first. But I, will, I said to myself, what am I going to do with my anger? I don't want to stay angry. So I decided, I said, you know what, Sumaya, you need to study. You need to be knowledgeable about your dance and everything. This is my fault. I don't want to be complaining. So oh, they dance, they took our dance. Blah, blah, blah. No, what do I do for myself to elevate the art form and to bring a, a word for our culture? And this is why I, I dance. So this is very deep, you know, <laughs> so it's like, but that's, uh, that's very nice. I talk too much. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, wow. So I'm just... <laughs> I'm I'm just sitting here speechless from the moment you start talking about your competition experience to to this <laughs> to this point. Thank you, thank you for sharing all this. It it just gives so much uh, insights uh, into uh, other people's uh, experience and uh, so many things. Uh, they're different and individual for each person depending on their background and their. Uh, history on their like environment but so many things also resonates and you feel like oh it just just the same way as I felt for whatever different reasons but it's sort of still the same experience uh, um, so thank you for sharing and I know that on your website on the home page uh, you basically the first thing person sees it's the phrase uh, for me dancing means language and I feel that yeah. you are using it to, to its, the truest level of this statement. Everything I wrote in my page or I publish. Okay, so you asked me about my being a professional. So yes, my father doesn't know. And mostly the taboo is the Raksharqi. Because the Raksharqi with the costume of cabaret, you know what is a cabaret? Mm -hmm. So the first time I published my video, it's not me. Someone published my video when I started to dance. I was so worried. I would never like, I didn't want people to share my videos and everything. I was so scared about it. Actually, every video I shared when I started, and even now, I think I'm scared. It's not like I'm free. I'm not a free person. I represent. I represent myself. I represent my community. I represent my culture. I represent so many things. It's, I cannot be selfish. So when I, I shared, uh, my cousin, he contacted me and he said, Sumaya, are you dancing on cabaret? So do you understand what does that mean? So yes, it's a big deal. 
my father, he doesn't know I dance Rakshaki, my mom too, and I would never have to see them that they see my videos on uh, on YouTube. I will be so scared they see that. And it's shame. And when I go now, yes, a lot of people know I am a dancer because it's obvious now. It's, I start to be known, you know, like people know me. But I try to gain the respect. And there is certain way to gain the respect, even the way I perform when I perform with Arabs here and everything. Because I'm Arab. We have other rules. We speak another language. It's be hard, you know, it's another world. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that <clears throat> they understand who I am right away when I come. Uh, the way that I perform. And yes, it's a taboo still. And I think I would have never danced in I was, if I was in Belgium. Mm. So I did it here because I was uh, kind of uh, away and like, more free. But uh, even like explaining this here, it's like weird I say those things, you know, I don't know. But yes, it's brave. I will say that uh, it took me a lot of courage for me to do that. Because it's like I'm a taboo, and uh, my mom she knows now that I teach folklore. She knows that I perform and everything, but she doesn't like it at all. Even, um, but we don't talk about uh, the rakshati. She knows I teach a little bit, but it's still like you know, it's not a conversation we have. My sisters they are okay, but they still sometimes my friends and sisters they tell me be careful with this or that. But uh, yes, it's uh, it's very difficult, I will say, and and having that side. But I try to not think about it. But I would never want my father watch my one of my video dancing or come see me dance. And more more Akshaki, I will feel very. Uh, I would not be able to dance <laughs> because it's shuma. It's uh, the concept of shyness, and in our culture, is very big. I can only imagine uh, how much courage you need to have to, to pursue uh, all your dance uh, dreams and goals and uh, I would say even journey <laughs> in general. And uh, again, everyone will have individual experience and I only, again, can talk only from my opinion and my experience. And it just uh, blew my mind the realization how... Uh, we treat dance as something uh, granted. It's like, yeah, sure, like, what's the big deal? But at the same time, it is. And for some people, uh, with their life experience, it's it's a challenge to, to pursue dance. And uh, in uh, non-Middle Eastern countries that we come to ballet dance class, usually then we are coming as a beginners, we don't have that uh, understanding or knowledge that hopefully we gain later and do research on that. But in the beginning, we just come there like, oh, fun, yeah, I want to put costume to shake my hips. Or in usual, that's the case. It's, it's more treated more like a fun and like not a big deal, like to even without proper skills or understanding of music, just go and perform, like, why not? Uh, but hearing this kind of stories that you share just gives so much... Uh, um, understanding and appreciation and uh, realization of how much respect uh, we still need to pay to any dance form in any culture both our own and someone else and we are uh, coming in in touch with them 
I mean, even say, yeah, saying that, I'm like, no, I'm like, should I have said this or that or that? <laughs> like, also, there is one video of me. I shared it. I wasn't sure. It was the one at Budapest uh, when I do Moroccan style. Uh, Moroccan style, that is my style, actually. It's classical. And um, in that video, <clears throat> when I start to share it, uh, I, I, I see that become uh, very popular, like, really. Like, I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, because now it's very, like, a lot of people write me because of that video. And I get insulted and everything. I'm like, why people insult me? When I start to get insulted, I try to cry. I was like, why they insult me? I'm doing nothing. Like, I'm with my clothes. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> and then I, I, and I ask a, a dancer that she's in Paris. Actually, she's doing also Moroccan style. Yeah, if you want someone that with who you can talk, I suggest you. I can give you a lot of names, even for the podcast. I can give a lot of names of people to reference to good uh, teacher and dancer. Her name is Leydene. <clears throat> and she, uh, I contact her and I say, oh, listen, I'm so scared. Like, people insult me and everything. She was like, don't worry about that. People will start to defend you, like, in the things. And then what, it's what happened. Yeah. People started like to defend me and everything and the people were discussing if this is Moroccan style or not some people people were like yes this is some no you know it was funny so I was like oh my god because you are naked you know it's like you are naked you expose yourself it's really like you are you uh, you jump and you put yourself in the lion cage <laughs> you know what I mean and uh, it's, uh, it's very you are vulnerable as a dancer yeah, but it's also a phenomenon of internet uh, and like all this boom of social media and the different platforms and people, very many people think that just because they don't talk in person, talk via screen, they have opportunity, like uh, they have a right to uh, insult or not, not even think what exactly they're talking about. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, uh, it's difficult. Yeah, we we are exposed and naked. And uh, I think what what I think also is uh, when I'm on festival, the thing that make me also uh, feel uh, hard. I love doing festival because I like to to learn. Mm-hmm. I like the energy. I like the environment. But I feel like they are losing the magical, and they are becoming really business oriented. And also the competition uh, things is. <clears throat> I realized that I would never want to compete again because uh, because I feel like it's not my position. And also, I think uh, I think a lot, actually. I don't know what to say. But the thing is, you know, also, I, I, I'm writing a book, like, for myself. Like, it's called My Journey as a Dancer, uh, Thought of an Arabic Woman. So I write sometimes things. Everything's a part of my journey. I write them down. Or feeling or things, the memories that bring me back to to the dance or what I live or what I experience, what I see. I think also even sometimes us native people we are responsible of uh, of that too. Hmm. I also know that you organize uh, organize your events, uh, sort of discussion events. Yeah, Tel Oriental. Mm, can you tell a little bit more about what is that? What's the format? When it's happening and where? So they're happening now in uh, in Boston. 
I had uh, four one or five, four. The fifth one, I'm still organizing it. I was supposed to do it several times because the fifth one is one of the most difficult to do because it's uh, with men. I approach the men, Arabic men, that they come to see us dance. And I ask them why. And from there, I go to many stories. So the goal of that is the the bridge, to be the bridge. So the Tel Oriental is a, a special event that I do. Actually, it was inspired by my husband because he was doing with his job what we call the Café, Le Café des Sciences because he invites a scientific or uh, someone to talk about his creation, innovation or something. And then from there, they have discussion. And me was like that. It was from that we say, okay, I'm going to call Thé à l'Oriental because the tea is the common uh, drink in all the Middle Eastern uh, world mm -hmm. and North Africa. And what I wrote about that actually is really true. It's like we like to invite people around the cup of tea and we never let it empty in Morocco. We make it tea, 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 <laughs> and we make sure the person stay and we keep the conversation. The first one I did was at my house. I invite some American lady and some Middle Eastern woman. And we watch a movie and from there... Uh, I organized that with an American girl, so we could have we discussed before we watched the movie together. Then we would discuss we discuss it with about that before. Her name is Brie Wall. She's one of my friends here, and we we discuss a lot about that. And then I invite invite them to my house, and we watch the movie. I brought cake and chocolate and cheese and everything. I make them comfortable. And at the end of the things, I did some different games. Different games. And it's always like that. So and I ran someone and I tried to make a discussion where there is games and audience participation. Because the goal of that is really to bring discussion between people. And uh, like, I want people they ask questions. Mm. I want them, like American people or even Arabs, they are, or like Middle East, they ask questions, then I want this debate. And so the second one, I invite Shadia. The woman that I talk about, she talk about her biography, and then people ask her question about the Boston scene. The the last one I did was actually about the history of Boston, the belly dancing in Boston. Oh. And then one of them was a hafla, and one of them was about cultural appropriation. And uh, the sixth one I'm so the fifth one I'm organizing is uh, Middle Eastern dance and men. And the next one is in Belgium. It's with one of the, uh, one of the, for me, it's a diva. She, that woman, she's a diva of the dance. She's a very, very big uh, dancer, uh, oriental, Rakshaki uh, woman dancer. Her name is Farah Bakali. She dances over all the Middle Eastern places. And I, and I went to, I want to, uh, to make her biography. And it's my first time I'm going to teach also in Belgium. Shabi. Mm. And that's what that is also a big step for me. Wow. Because I came back, I performed there twice, and now I'm, I'm going to teach. So it's like a big, big step, and I'm going to teach, teach Moroccan. Oh, well, good luck, is it? <laughs> yeah, thank you. So this is the Tiel Oriental. It's really the goal is to, to promote exchange and uh, dialogue. And for these events, is it anyone that can attend them, whoever is in the city? 
Everybody can attend, even you are not a dancer. And what's the date of the next event? Do you have already them or not yet? Uh, so the one in Belgium is uh, January 20. Oh, very soon. Yeah, and the other one I'm planning on it. It was supposed to be December 16, but I had to move it. Mm-hmm. Because the guys, it's kind of difficult to get them. I had to, to gain their trust. Yeah, mm-hmm, I see. Do you understand what I mean? It was a, it's, a, it's something that I have been working on since the end of 2016. Yeah, I completely can, can understand and relate to your uh, struggle with this. Uh, even sometimes for me on podcast, even... It's broadcast, of course, for ballet, for all ballet dance community, but recording is basically me and a person. But in your case, you're asking people to come and face uh, questions from multiple people and answer them right away <laughs> publicly. So it, it's, uh, it's, it can feel as a very vulnerable uh, to be put on spot like that. So I can uh, completely understand uh, that uh, sometimes it takes time to, to make sure that person who's a guest uh, uh, at that event is uh, comfortable coming out. Yeah, but also in that, it's uh, I, I interview before because I organize. It's a structured talk. There is different... Uh, it's like I divide. It's three, four hours and I divide. The, the, the talking by four, you know, mm-hmm. different uh, topic in the talking, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the discussion. And I manage kind of the discussion. So this is yeah, the Tiel Oriental. It's a lot of work. And so <laughs> <laughs> everything is a lot of work, really. Like, and, and we're like uh, yeah. Well, everything good is always needs some, some um, investment of uh, time, energy. Uh, and other resources yes. <laughs> but it's also very uh different format of uh dance related uh event uh so it's not very common in dance community but we de- definitely need more of those like i think the discussions and just hearing each other stories and opinions can can so much uh, bring uh into the whole community uh that It's really great that you decided to, to organize such such live events. Yes, and also besides that, I do uh, two other things. Uh, I do I work uh, with a musician. I thought with a musician here, his name was Bujamarasi. We work together, but I create a, a show called Moroccan Night Experience. And that goal of the show was exactly that too. I brought the Moroccan community and the American dancer together because the show is a travel. Mm. It's the story of the, uh, an American traveling in, uh, in, uh, in Morocco and she's telling her memories about her travel. So it's, and then from there you see the dance and the folklore coming alive from everyday life actually. Mm. So you discovered a lot of different folklore of Morocco And then from there, you see how they come alive. Oh, that's so And nice. you see the journey of the dancer. And it's with the live music and the dancer and, um, and the musician also, they participate. It's not like they just play music. They are also part of the story and everything. Oh, that's beautiful concept. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's one of way. It's a very, de- very educational uh, show. I did that, but I never really promoted like on the, this is the thing is also, I'm not a good, uh, 
like I'm not promoting good or something like that, you know. So it appears like, you know, it's just I do things, but it's not like a very obvious. People know me here around because they start to know me, but it's not like I, oh, I did this or that or that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's not a part of our culture to do that. Like to go and show, I oh, just look at me here, look at, no, it's not like that. We're not like that. We grew up with Shuma, so we like to be hidden and shy and more, you know. Uh... Yeah, this is uh, um, pride and uh, struggle also for many artists. Like we, we love and we wait to be discovered. <laughs> But like I completely understand you. But now talking on a more um, promotional <laughs> point of view, for people yeah. who are not uh, maybe in Boston or in Belgium, how in general people can follow your dance activities? Are you active on any social media, or your website is the best destination for them to follow your activities? <laughs> no, it's my Facebook often, and I publish on YouTube some uh, things. But I will tell you the truth. I think uh, the best way, I think, uh, for me to see a dancer is to experience it alive. But uh, I have my Facebook, I'm on Facebook and sometimes YouTube. But over even that, I don't show that much. You know, I mean, the funny thing is people start to 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 share my things more. Hmm. That was the thing. But now I share also. But like it was, it's like a. Yeah, Facebook, I will say. My 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 website, a little bit, yes. I need to, to, to work on it because I love work and I'm so busy. But yeah. Oh, and also a last thing I was going to say, also one another way to like also um, uh, make my, keep my cultural life is like also I start, uh, and this also my mentor, she was pushing me to do it. It's more, more working with live music and like uh, being with a band. Mm-hmm. So I practice with a band every Sunday and we perform, we do our own event, but it's also a lot of work because the live music is the most important to keep the, the, the music alive too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the things, but yeah, it's more like also coming to my events. I think this is very important, like what I do, because it's a lot of work. And if I want to keep, uh, actually also, this is the way I become professional. It was like my husband was pushing me. It was like, okay, you want to do that, but uh, you need to earn money from it because this is too much <laughs> expense and you need to, like to make the, how we say, the meshing turnings. Awesome. I will definitely put links to uh, social media and to ve- your website uh, in the show notes. So for people, it's easier to, to find more about your events and uh, whoever is uh, nearby Boston or in Belgium uh, during uh, the dates of your events, I think it would be an incredible experience for people to attend and um, have actual opportunity to even ask their own questions during these events. But now, just summing up, I want once again to thank you so much for taking your time and uh, and being on the show and being open to share all that uh, stories and your experience and uh, your knowledge about uh, culture and uh, uh, both Moroccan and uh, Raksharki culture from uh, perspective of Moroccan native dancer. You're welcome. I would like to end up by uh, saying 
because my friends, they wanted me. Actually, I think it's one of my friends she advised me, right? She told about me. She, so I went to, and she said, you, we need to share that. So they told me, I, we, I think we would like to see, to hear you say this and that and that. So I want to share something that she asked me to share. Mm-hmm. Um, she said to me that she wants me to share the, how we like to be represented as natives. And uh, my answer to that is, I think, with humility, honesty, and we need to see the love for our culture when you, we see you dance. That's uh, what I love to see. And um, as I said, uh, dancing is like a language. So when I speak English, you hear my French accent and you think it's cute. So this is what we want to see. <laughs> And uh, also a la- a la- another language is as when you dive in the ocean. So when you do the, the snorkeling, you know what I mean? And you see that there is the reef and all those uh, fish and everything. It's because when you dive in the ocean, you have to breathe differently because you have the mask and everything. You are a little bit scared. It's cold. It's different world. But as soon as you you keep going, you discover that there is another world, totally different, with very huge, very big, and uh, this is the magical. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us, and if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcasts so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.